Welcome to the Dennis and Friends Podcast, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, or what's going on in life and around the world. I am Dennis. I host this podcast. Welcome to episode 21. 21 is my favorite number to wear on a jersey. It's the number I wore when I played baseball and basketball in my younger days, back in my prime athlete days. Um, so that's why I like the number 21. Anywho, welcome to today's episode. Very, uh, you know, spur of the moment episode again because that's just what we do. Noah Bruton is back in the house with me today. So what's up, dude? Howdy, hey. And uh, today we are going to discuss the NBA, the playoffs, kind of how we did a few weeks back. Once again, yeah. Once again, and of course we got to talk Mavs Suns. Uh, we're recording so much this on has a, happened. Yes, we're recording this on a Monday, the day after Game Four. Game Five is tomorrow night for our Mavs um, as we speak, and this is also the first of three maybe four episodes this week so <laughs> there's wow a lot happening. you're a busy man i know and i gotta do this all before i uh spend a week of my life on a cruise uh, oh wow that's kind of sick yeah, yeah i'm leaving this weekend which i'm very excited about but that's a whole nother story for another day <sighs> okay let's uh let's do what we did a couple weeks ago noah and do a series by series we only have three series to worry about instead of seven like we did last time true um, let's start with miami philly now that that yeah. series is also a 2-2, and then we'll talk about the other two that are at 2-1 and play their games, game fours tonight. James Harden was incredible last night. He, Absolutely yeah. amazing. And uh, about time for him. And, and Yeah, no kidding. Since he came back. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on that series so far and how it's looking like now that Philly has taken care of business, and now we have a very exciting best of three. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like what – you said that Philly's been taking care of business the last two games. Uh, it's about time James Harden actually did something for him. He's kind of been he when he first went to the Sixers. I'm pretty then he started out pretty hot, right? And then after yeah. that, he kind of just slowed down, didn't really do a ton. He had good games here and there, but overall, mm-hmm. it was you know it was looking like Brooklyn won that trade overall. But like, I mean, you know, playoffs are what matters and. He he's doing good. He did good in the last game. Hopefully he can carry that momentum. If you're a Sixers fan, I'm not necessarily, but um, I still personally see the heat winning this and very possibly winning out, even though the momentum is in Philly's favor right now, but they are going back to Miami. Um, the role players for Miami really do need to kind of step up again. Uh, Cause Jimmy buckets like last two games, I think he had like, 240 balls or like a 35 and a 40 something like that high scoring he played out of his mind but uh other guys need to need to hit their shots and stuff so i mean i still see miami winning this uh and six or possibly seven but uh i mean philly's definitely made it a competition now last night bad game for hero he had 11 points on 12 shots oladipo played fine didn't really get anything out of gabe vincent or the three minutes of Marquise Morris. If I'm a if I'm a Heat fan, I would be very concerned about Kyle Lowry right now. And I don't yeah. know if it's necessarily his injury or if he's just getting old or whatnot. But boy, oh boy, he looked so awful, awful, yeah. awful, awful last night. And uh, I don't want to say it's the end. I don't want to say like the the signs of the end are coming for him. 
but also they were pretty obvious last night. And I really love Kyle. I love him yeah. as a player. I love him as a dude. But man, I don't know if you can really play him if you're Eric Spolstra that much the rest of the series if he keeps, you know, sneaking up the bed, having three of ten sh- shooting stats, six points, minus or well, he's only a minus one, but still, like yeah. he just didn't look good. He just doesn't look the same that he has even earlier this season and of course the last few years in Toronto, but what are you I do? I think I think at least for this game back in Miami, because how did he play in Miami? Was he playing pretty solid there? Uh, I know he didn't play game one. Oh, right. That's yeah, right. he didn't play game one. He played... No, he didn't play game two either. So he's only played uh, the last two games. And in game three, he had zero points in 25 minutes yeah. and had six points in 30 minutes last night. So, yeah. And he hasn't been... I mean particularly very great these playoffs looking back at the Atlanta series he had 10 points in game one nine points in game two six points in game three and then he got hurt um the rest of that series he only shot 50 percent from the field in one game in game one of that Atlanta series he shot 25 percent 28 percent 30 percent zero percent uh like not great from three either yeah, so, I don't. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't mean, know maybe what if you're you the could heat, do. I guess you. I, I guess is Oladipo the next in line? Like, is he second for he, that? Or yeah, like? I mean, you got to give him some more minutes because he's been good. But also, I'm, I'm kind of confused as to why you don't play Duncan Robinson. I know he's such mm. a minus on defense, but the guy has proven, you know, to be capable of making big shots and yeah he's, get he's hot, a sniper you know? for sure exactly I, i've been texting actually a couple of people the last like few hours today and last night about like what are they going to do with him like now the trade rumors are starting to get hot about duncan like who would he like best fit on a team like does he have that much of an nba career uh, much longer because i mean of course he would fit <laughs> luca just because he's a sniper but uh-huh. uh i mean does he have that much of a career left because of yeah. just his defensive liabilities. Full full stats on Lowry in five games in the playoffs, 29% from the field, uh, 20% from three, only 80% from the free throw line in about 29 minutes, 6.2 points. Woof. That's it, it's a nice big step to know down. that there's it's nice to know that there's someone doing worse than uh Spencer Denwitty, although yes. he's had a few good games, but yeah. Right, yeah. And <laughs> That's a seven-point difference from the regular season for Lowry, which he had 13.4 points, which is pretty low for him anyway. I mean, he's 36, so part of that is age, but part of that is just, you know. I think part of it's probably being a slightly, just having a different role on the Heat, too. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to be, like, a main scorer, because on Toronto, he was probably, like, I mean... He he was like the, I want to say the face. Would you agree with that? Like he, yeah. he was more oh, or less absolutely. the face of Toronto. He was absolutely so the face like, of the team. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he he's he has a different role now. So like that could obviously play a part in why his numbers were a little bit lower. But also right. he's just man's is old. Yeah. So yeah, could be the sure. the downward spiral for him. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a Kyle Lowry podcast, but man, it's been. <laughs> It's been kind of bad. Yeah. Uh yeah, Jimmy needs help really bad. Bam's got mm-hmm. a uh 
I mean, he had 21 points last night, so it's not like he's that bad, but like he needs to get going some more on offense. He only had nine points in game three. He's also got a tough matchup, though, like Joel. He does. He does. Joel. Joel's a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So So, I don't know. We'll see. I also agree that Miami finishes it out, but I don't think they win out. I think this goes seven. Okay. I I expect one more hardened game uh, to happen. So this is kind of how I feel. Um, Shout out to him, though. He's been pretty awesome this series, especially last night. Yeah, definitely. He had, like, what, 33? Mm -hmm. And he scored, like, half of that in the fourth. Yeah, that's that's big. Yeah. Okay, let's do... Let's stay in the East. Let's talk the the Celtics-Bucks series. Uh, Big game four tonight. And I honestly don't know how the Bucks have survived and are up 2-1 in this series without Chris Middleton. But yeah, that's a credit to, I guess, the greatness of Giannis and the greatness of Drew and their coaching. And Wes Matthews has been kind of awesome on Jason Tatum defensively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, you know, kind of kickstart this conversation. But I'll throw it to you. What what's I mean to you about this series? I, I figured this was going to be of the four series. I mean, obviously, we're big Mavs fans, but I thought this was going to be the best series of the um of the current like matchups. Yeah. This is one that I think a lot of people would have rather had be the uh, Easter conference finals because mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the heat are the one seed. Yeah. But I feel like most of the people are thinking that it was going to be either the bucks or the Celtics in the finals. Mm-hmm. So like the, this, I mean, it, it's kind of like if we throw it back to NFL, like, Chiefs versus the Bills, like that that game happened one one round too early, you know? Like it should have right. been the finals or whatever for right. AFC. But um I mean, yeah, it's been a crazy series. I know last game got kind of controversial because I think it I can't remember which team, but one team was getting a million free throws in the fourth quarter and the other team wasn't. Mm-hmm. And uh I saw did you see the last like five seconds of that game or whatever? I did. I, did. I was able to watch it, that on replay. It, it was kind of crazy how like Marcus Smart got fouled and people were saying it should have been a three point shot, but they called it on the floor, but they were still in the bonus. So like he missed a second one, got the board, and they tried to put it up. And I think Al Horford ended up scoring it, but it was just barely too late. Yeah, yeah. Well, not barely. It was like really wasn't that close on uh, the okay. tip. it was like he there was still like point it was like a good point two seconds from okay. when the buzzer went off to when he actually like let it go from his hand which in real time it does that doesn't seem like a lot mm-hmm. but like when you slow it down and like it, that's that's a lot of times so. right absolutely but i mean i i i think the celtics i think i would originally chose the celtics to win that especially with Chris Middleton not being there. Uh, I still think the Celtics can and will win, but it'll probably go to seven. Yeah, I, I think I've said from the get-go, this is definitely a seven-game series, without mm-hmm. a doubt, just because they're two really good teams. As I just mentioned, like Wes has been amazing on Tatum and uh, really like impacted the way that he played in game three. Um, Jalen Brown has been really good the last couple games. He was awesome in game two and had a really solid game in game three. So as long as that continues, they always have a shot. Uh, Smart needs to do more on offense, um, especially coming off nine points on eight shots in game three. Mm -hmm. Um, You you need him to knock down a couple more threes. 
um, and to be able to, you know, make the right plays, make the right reads and all that. Only two assists as well. Um, you got to get your bench going too. Um, I know yeah. Grant Williams has been amazing on defense, especially on Giannis because he's so thick. But uh, <laughs> you need to you need him to give you some a little more production on offense. I think uh, yeah. Derek White had a solid game um, as well in Game Three. So as long as he keeps that up, he should be fine. Pritchard needs to make some shots. Um, yeah. If he's not making shots, he's unplayable to me, just because he's such a he's just a small dude, you know, and with so yeah. much length that the the Bucks have, and this is probably why like he's not doing so hot, is that they have so much length and they are able. It's kind of it's like Brunson. We'll talk about this here in a little bit with the Mavs, yeah. but like it's kind of like how Brunson is against like teams like the Clippers or the Suns. Yeah. If you just have like guys with length on the wing, like they're going to be able to get you and to be able to, to hamper you, especially if you're not like six, four or six, five, if you're like six, two, six, one, or even six feet, like you're going to struggle pretty hard, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, w- I need Pritchard to, to be able to, to figure out ways, you know, cause it is possible. It's not to say that it's impossible, but only scoring uh 12 points this entire series he's got to find yeah, that's not that's not good and he's a bucket like he yeah, really is sure. a bucket um so he just so, you got to find ways if you're yeah if exactly you're for sure but mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun chess match this year yeah is. definitely most definitely uh did you say who you had uh <sighs> one in it or uh no mm. do you have a preferred i i prefer the bucks because i really like Giannis and i really that's like fair. that team but I'm not going to be mad at the Celtics win. Absolutely not. Right. Um, I like Tatum. I like Brown. I just prefer yeah. the Celtics. I don't know. I just have an inkling towards Giannis. He's probably my second or third favorite player in the NBA besides uh, Luca. Um, yeah. Besides the entire Mavs roster and then Steph and then, sure. yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Exactly. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine either way with whoever wins the series, but that's just mm-hmm. uh But it's going to be fun. Uh, I totally expected to go seven. Speaking yep. of another game four uh, tonight is uh, Warriors Grizzlies. Let's go ahead and get the the big question out of the way. Was the Morant uh, was the play that people think is Mar- why Morant is hurt the one with Paul grabbing his leg? Is that dirty? Was that dirty? What do you think about it? I mean, it might be, but like, consider like. And real, like, I don't know how to explain this. Like, compared to what it seems like the Grizzlies have been doing to like the Warriors, it's not bad. But I mean, it it could be maybe considered a little bit dirty, but I don't think it was that bad. It is a shame though that he's hurt, considering like at, you you love watching him play. He's so electric. Um, at, like a young star. Like he he's one of the best young guys in the league right now. And it's a shame because we we were talking about this yesterday and that's what kind of made us, you know, to this podcast, like with yeah. um, Ja being hurt, like how are the uh, Grizzlies going to do the rest of the series? Like, did they say it's for sure he won't be in game four? Did they say anything else? Uh, no, not beyond tonight. He's still listed as doubtful. I don't think he plays at all tonight. Yeah. But I would imagine he's back for game five, whatever that is in the series. I still mm-hmm. might say, but I don't know. Probably, yeah, but um, so like, I don't 
think I guess maybe I'm skipping ahead now, but I don't think the Grizzlies win tonight because where where is this game? It's gonna be in Golden State. It's in State, Golden right? State, yeah. Yeah, so I mean they definitely don't win. But the thing is, like we were talking about yesterday, just on my way back home, the Grizzlies were really good without Jaw throughout the season. So like I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if they somehow click it and like get it together because Jaw's been carrying that team on his back i'm surprised that's not the injury is a back injury but mm, right like <laughs> honestly like jaron jackson had one really really good game where he hit i think five of six from three or something yeah. like that In or maybe one. even more yeah. Yeah. yeah and i mean they lost that game but um still like maybe maybe they can get it together for a game and uh hopefully jaws back by game five but i think with it being in Golden State and stuff, I, I think Golden State takes this takes this next game. Yeah, the, part of the reason why uh, the Grizzlies were so good without Jaw, and this is what we talked about on the phone yesterday, um, this season is that, and it's the regular season. You don't have to game plan as hard as you did in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think that you can just throw that out the window for this game tonight because. It's a whole different animal uh, because the Warriors already have three games where they've been able to see uh, what they can and can't do, what they can try to stop, what they can be happy with and whatnot with the Grizzlies outside of jaw. And I think the biggest X factor specifically for tonight is Desmond Bain Mm because he was unreal in the first round and has been absolute nothing. Um, in this series and part of it is because the Warriors have shut him down like Steph has been amazing on him defensively Jordan Poole has been really solid on him defensively they just kind of took him out of the series and really hurt his production I know he's got a little bit of a nagging injury as well they keep saying that on the broadcast but he just can't get it going and if he doesn't get it going tonight then there's just no shot I I don't I don't believe that Jaron Jackson can have another great shooting night I just don't find that to be sustainable even if he starts out hot I mean, he's obviously he's fallen off since game one mm-hmm. um, to kind of justify my point there. Um, Tyus Jones has also been not good in the series um, yeah. in the bits that I've seen him play. Um, so you got to have you got to find something. And I really think Bain is the one guy on that team in this scenario that opens it up for everybody else. He opens up. If he's able to get hot from three, which obviously he's a really good shooter and he's very capable of that, yeah. Very capable of of shooting threes. And also he's got a good midi game too. Like he's able to Mm -hmm. make pull up mid range. So if he can get that going, that opens up everything else for for Jaron Jackson. That opens up stuff for Tyson. That opens up uh, some more shots for the D Anthony Melton. That opens up uh, some more lob threats for Brandon Clark. Dylan Brooks, even the same thing, uh, who's going to be back tonight. Um, even though I don't think he should be back tonight. He should have been suspended yeah. two games, Adam Silver, but whatever. Yeah. That was the, one of the dirtiest plays I've seen in a long time. That was on Gary Payton, right? Yeah, and he fractured his arm, and now he's out the rest of the series and probably God. the rest of the year. That, so that, one game was that, not justified. That play where he fell on his arm, oh, it makes me cringe thinking I know. about it. I know. And Dylan Brooks is not like... That's not like a oh that's a one time incident like no Dylan Brooks is is kind of like that yeah he he's kind of like that I don't want to say he's a dirty player but he's 
I don't know how to explain it. it. You don't, when you think of dirty players, you used to think of Grayson Allen. I'll, I'll say you don't really, sure. he doesn't do much anymore. Um, I feel like he's matured in that way. Um, Besides the Caruso you, bit this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think of probably, you could think of Pat Bev, you know, like you don't think of Dylan Brooks in with there, but like he, I mean, he's getting up there. He, he's starting to a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then the bit that we talked about, we may have talked about this yesterday, or like of Bane. No, I was talking to somebody else about this yesterday. The play where Bane just like, you know, like jumped towards Jordan Poole's groin in game three on oh, a yeah. loose ball play. Like, how is that not dirty? How did they not yeah. find anything on that? Or I think they did, but I don't remember what the yeah. end result was. But still, they're not like they're physical. Don't get me wrong. And overall, the playoffs have been very physical across all the rounds, all the matches, whatever, yeah. which is like, you know, it's pro- part of that. Uh, there's a tweet that I saw earlier today that perfect, perfectly describes it. It's because it's so wide open. Like there's not a clear cut favorite. And so everybody mm-hmm. thinks they have a shot and everybody pretty much does have a shot to win yeah. the same thing. Uh, so you never know. And that's part of the reason why like guys are getting into it uh, physically, but I just don't see a world in which, they can win tonight, the Grizzlies. I really yeah. don't. Um, because it, they're going to game plan for Bain. And like I said, like he has not been good this series. And so I, do, I don't expect his life to get any easier just because Jaw's not there, to be honest with you. So I honestly think the Warriors win pretty easily. And if it's, if it's the opposite, then I'm going to look stupid. But that's just kind of how no, I feel. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like if I, if I was a big betting man, I'm throwing it all on uh, the Warriors tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and they're right. at home. They figured some stuff out. They figured some stuff out with them uh, defensively. And Clay has finally started to shoot a little better uh, mm-hmm. based off of game three. Oh, yeah. Um, Steph obviously has been great. Draymond has figured some stuff out with what Memphis is trying to do uh, with their defensive scheme as well. And they're not fully playing to their pace, which. I've said that was a key to that series is whether or not um, the Warriors would be able to uh, keep their head above water and not fall into the trap of playing fast like Memphis wants them to and wants them to commit turnovers and stuff. So I, I just don't see a world in which they win tonight. And honestly, I think it's over in five at this yeah. point. At this point. That, I mean, it probably goes six. Prediction. It probably goes six if Jock comes back in game five because I think he will send to another win and they'll be back at home too. I just don't think this is, I think this is the end for the Grizzlies, you know, and like they're a decently fun team to watch. Obviously we talked about how electric jolly is, but I just think this is it. I think Kerr has outcoached Jenkins pretty hard as well. And I don't expect that to change unless Jenkins figures out something tonight that completely, you know, makes us all look stupid, but I think yeah. it's over. I really do. I, I would agree with that. Like uh, you said, you think you said five and then kind of switched it to six. I've been saying from the get go, like jar, no jaw. I thought it was going to be five. Yeah. Like the Grizzlies are good, but the Warriors in the last few games of the season two figured it out. They whooped the nuggets. They honestly should have swept them. And yeah. then I, I figured the Grizzlies would get a game because they're, they're better than the nuggets, but like they're just a young pl- not experienced playoff wise team like i mean what are you going to do against the warriors when most uh, or the th- 
three main guys on that team have all won rings. Like, yeah, Steve Kerr's a heck of a coach. Like, what are you going to do, you know? Yeah. And Kerr has done a good job of adjusting, too, with rotations as well. I thought playing Kaminga more would be good. I was watching game one with some people, and I mentioned to those people, like, Kaminga needs to get more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. he's been good in those minutes since he has gotten them. Um, Otto Porter has been a lot better um, this series than at the start of game one. Uh, yeah. Game one, he was pretty bad, but he was a lot better in game two and was decently okay in game three. And like I said, Clay has been just better based yeah. off of game three. And I don't, I expect just his confidence to just keep going. So keep going up. So we'll see. Unless Steph just doesn't make threes tonight, <laughs> there's just no chance. But Which is possible. But... It is possible because he had stretches this year where he slumped pretty hard, especially yeah. after he got the record. So yeah, you never know. He had some major senioritis there. <laughs> yeah, he did. Okay. The big one. Our series. So I tweeted this out last week. I was like, I'm glad I'm not going. I'm not watching game three because I went to the Coldplay show on Friday night. It was the exact same time as game three. Mm-hmm. And I said so I, that I could not watch the impending doom. Well, it wasn't impending doom. It was actually a win. Um, I haven't yeah. fully finished the game, but I've watched a lot of it um, on replay. Um, but obviously I watched all the game four yesterday. And we don't have to talk too much about what happened in games one and two. I thought it was pretty obvious that the Mavs just didn't play with enough effort and we weren't hitting mm-hmm. our shots. That is completely flipped on its head um, yeah. in the last two games. Tell me what you think about where we are so far, how likely of a chance we have to, to pull this out, and especially what's the key to tomorrow night um, to winning and stealing one in Phoenix. Because that's, you know, whoever wins a road game this series is probably going to win this series. So. Right. Well, you said we won't mention games one or two much. Uh, I'll talk about just a little bit. Uh, game one, they kind of just outplayed us. We were not ready for it. Uh, we came back a little bit on them towards the end, but I mean, uh, I don't even remember what the score was. It, I think they ended up being us by six, but at times they were up by like 20. And then um, game two, it was real. I, I it wasn't necessarily back and forth. They started out super hot. We kind of started coming back a little bit. We got the lead, I think, at one yeah, point. We had the lead for like two or three minutes in the third. Yeah, and then, and then Chris Paul just went absolutely crazy in the fourth quarter. I've never, I, I have seen domination like that, but like it was crazy. I like if anyone, I would have expected Booker to be going crazy, which he he had. He played decently that quarter too, but like, I mean, it was Chris Paul or nothing at, for the Suns during that game three. We shot so well. We got one thing that was so good for us was just our defense snapped back into it. Chris Paul, seven turnovers in the first half. The most he had ever had in a playoff game was eight. Now, granted, he didn't have a turnover in the second half, but like the fact that I think it was like, three possessions back to back to back for them where Chris Paul ended up turning the ball over, whether it was an offensive foul or just, you know, a bad pass or like losing the ball. We shut Chris Paul down, which was really good. He still hit his shots for sure, but like we definitely um, suppressed him in that first half enough to where, and then in the third quarter, we got a, uh, 
big enough lead to where the fourth quarter they started coming back, but then we eventually just sealed it. And right. it was great. Uh, Luca played great in the first two games. And in the third and fourth game, he, he really hasn't. I mean, he's played okay. For, game four, he really didn't play well. He's still yeah, almost. I'm not going to lie. He sucked yesterday. And he still he, had 26 and 11 or something like that. Yeah, I like, think a he, lot of them were free throws. But yeah, um, still. I, let me. I'm going to pull up his stats, but keep talking. But uh, like, yeah, he. One thing that a lot of people have been talking about is how much he's been complaining to the refs and stuff. The refs, I feel like, really have been out to get him. But like, he he's got to kind of tone it down a little bit, uh, not give them free buckets. Cause like we got to take every point we can get and we got to not let them, you know what I mean? So like, okay. Yeah. Luca, he went nine of 25 from the field. One of 10 from three. I think he made his first three. Didn't make a single one after that sounds right. Yeah. And I mean, he went seven of eight from free throws. So he really didn't have like a ton of free throws. So, but I mean, still he just, he was in a little bit of foul trouble in game three, which was just, it, it kind of forced him to play a little differently, give up a little bit more defensively. And then last night or yesterday, he held it down a little bit more defensively, still kind of bickered at the refs, got a really, really early technical, but also, garbage. yeah, the, like, I, I guess I somewhat understand getting the technical because like he was complaining, whatever, but it should have been a foul on Crowder. I yeah, had a that, buddy. That's at, what I meant. Yeah. I had a, I had a buddy at work try to tell me that Luca's momentum is what got him on the ground, but you can clearly see in the video. Um, he got, pushed. he runs into, he, he runs into Deandre Ayton, which, you know, that's fine, whatever, but he starts falling backwards. And then Crowder literally like pretty much punches him and throws him forward. And it's just like, that that's also been a, quite the rivalry between Crowder and Luca, because why why has Crowder been playing so good all of a sudden? Like that's, that guy's the worst, by the way. I, truly, although I did get his autograph when he was a rookie on the maps. Did but you really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I, well, I um I went to a basketball camp uh in between eighth grade and ninth uh, grade you during went to the one summer. Of those maps ones. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. But he came up in a. You know, went to the camp and uh, I almost knocked him out in a game of knockout. Uh-oh. But but was that uh, the first summer you were or first or second no, summer that, you were back from that the was, US? That was the second yeah, summer because it was after summer. eighth yeah. grade. Because okay. eighth grade yeah, was yeah. my first year back. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. going into high school. But um yeah. Uh one thing I noticed, and I feel like you'll have a lot to talk about in this is somewhat with our rotation and our bench. Uh, Josh Green not playing now. Frank Nikina. Yeah, that's what I said. Obviously, uh, <laughs> big good old Frank been getting some uh, a little smokes. bit more minutes. Yeah, he didn't get a ton uh, in Game Four, but I think he got more in Game Three. But yeah, he was huge in Game Three. Yeah, it's just because. I mean, I love Josh Green. He's had a much better sophomore season, but in this series, like we need more um, offensive threat and Josh Green just doesn't really bring that at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that Frank has much either, but I would say yes, more. Yeah. 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 I agree. Honestly, the, not the turning point, but the moment of relief for me yesterday in game four was Frank's 
uh, corner three at the end of the third quarter because mm-hmm. we were down or we were up six and they had cut into the lead pretty hard and you knew they were going to even more so in the fourth and that three calmed me down and I think calmed the team down you know like going up nine into the fourth instead of going up six just makes such a huge deal mm-hmm. uh, or is such a huge deal like mentally and you know with the emotions of the game and all that um, his length is so like important on Devin Booker. Like mm-hmm. he's got a massive wingspan, and we know that it's not new information. Like we've known right. that since he got drafted by the Knicks a few years ago. But he has really, really come in and been able to disrupt uh, what he's tried to do. I've been calling for this forever, ever since uh-huh. he got healthy enough to be back on the court. Because obviously he was sick the first few games. Well, not sick, but he got his tonsils removed yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that at the start of the Utah series. And I thought he would have been really useful at the end, like trying to guard Booker or not Booker, uh, Donovan Mitchell or right. Gordon Clarkson or even Bogdanovich. And just just first. to give like Dodo and Reggie breaks because yeah. they were averaging like forty five minutes a game, which is exactly. absolutely insane. Yeah, exactly. And he knows his role in offense really well. Like he's he dribbles the ball decently. He's not going to over dribble. He tries to make solid reads. And mm-hmm. if he has a wide open three, he's got to shoot it. You know. And yeah. He's got to be in step into those confidently and he did yesterday with that one specific shot he's been a game changer and and he did good in game one too i don't know why kid never went to him in game two um but i thought part of the reason why we came back in the fourth quarter game one is because he was able to come in and make an impact on the defensive end and so i i know it's hard because he doesn't provide you a lot on offense um, as opposed to like Maxi or Reggie or Dorian, especially with their three point shooting and how awesome yeah. that's been. But he is just so important defensively, defensively on Booker and on Chris Paul as well that you can't not play him. You can't not give him 10 minutes a game yeah. the rest of the series if I'm Jason Kidd. So big kudos to him. Um, Cause I know last year people really exposed him or not exposed him, but people were flaming him. I don't know if you remember the the game in the Knicks Hawks series. It was game one, I think, that he got put in to guard Trey when Trey made that game winning shot. In oh one. yeah, and people were like, "Oh, Fred got <clears throat> killed there. Like, why is he in the game and all that?" And he's kind of, you know, the next year later, he's been, you know, really, really effective in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, again, so like I said, kudos to him. Kudos to Maxi for continuing to play well. I did not think the shooting would be sustainable after game two of the Utah series, but obviously yeah. it has been, and he's been good. Shout out Bertans for having a good game. I was, I was going to say he went, what he started out four or four, four or four, and then he missed ended a four of six, but yeah. still like, that's, that's an insane. important 12 points, man. And, like, and Maxi only went one of three last game, but I mean, still like that's, 33% like right it, and it wasn't like he was shooting a ton and just missing them but yeah now nah, you know who you know who went crazy on the three Woo! Dodo. Ferrari Doe uh-huh. Do. 8 of 12 that's that, one behind Jason Terry's record yeah like him and Maxi both have 8 point uh or 8 3 points made games I didn't say that right but you know what I meant yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Both have games in the playoffs where they made eight threes is what I was trying to say. But, um, and I mean, that's big. Cause like, like the youth, like in the jazz series, everyone was eventually afraid of you, uh, of, uh, Kleba because of that one game and he shot well and Dodo didn't do too great in that series from 
three specifically. Like he had some good games here and there, but overall it was like probably under par of what he's capable of. But especially the last couple games, he's kind of killed it. Obviously last game he's been eight of 12. That's insane. So it just, it brings more offensive threat. And it was great that he was able to step up when Luca was struggling too. That was big. Yeah, um, absolutely. But how how you feel about uh, Brunson? We brought it up a little bit earlier, but how how do you feel about him? Right, uh, now? I'm finally glad that um, he's doing well again. And part of that is credit to Kid as well here, or whoever assistant coach decided on this idea of like obviously Dudley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of playing him more on ball, you know, like he's mm-hmm. got to be able to to find ISO spots to be able to take those one-on-one matchups versus especially bigger guys like a DeAndre Ayton, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he's much more aggressive now. I think he figured some stuff out with their length because they're, uh, they're a long team, but it's not like Clippers long either. Yeah. Um, in some ways. Cause you know, even they're like the Clippers, for example, last year, like Reggie Jackson's a long point guard. Like he's yeah. not Chris Paul in that oh, regard. I hate Reggie Jackson. So, oh, I do too. Um, I don't like his three point shot. It's very not. It's so uh, ugly, but yeah, it's for not pleasing some reason to me. He makes it. I know. I know. Don't remind me. <laughs> and they have, you know, they had guys like Terrence Mann and Marcus Morris and obviously Kawhi and PG and Zubox even to do that. And the Suns have guys like that too. Like, not to say that Aiton is not freakishly long and huge or Cam Johnson or whatever. Yeah. But I think he's figured some stuff out. He's figured out ways to be able to exploit their scheme. And so. He needs to do that tomorrow night. He He's a big X factor going mm-hmm. into tomorrow night. And we're due for a Spencer game. Uh, just yeah. like last series, we are due for Spencer hitting three or four threes, getting to the How rack. What did Spencer do? He, he, he only he, had 10 points. He yeah. What's been tough for him, he's been doing a... I think he's been overall doing better from three. Like last game, two of four, solid. You know, nothing... I think he could put up a couple more threes, but he went three of 10 from the field. Like, and mm. if he's not shooting threes, he's driving. And it's like, why, why is it a complete opposite of the jazz series where against like in the jazz series, like he did miss some easy lays, but that's where he was doing better was when yeah. he was driving. Yeah, he that's was, when he's and, most effective. Yeah. And it's like, why, why is he missing such now? I'm not going to say they're easy lays. Some of them are, and he just smokes them for some reason. But like, I don't know. I feel like he's good enough to make those contested lays, even if it is against a big, obviously he's going to miss a couple of them, but like three for 10, that's, I feel like, and with, I guess he went one of, one of six on layups. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like no matter the situation, that's kind of inexcusable. Yeah. He's only scored like, 34 points this series, which is not yeah. great. Um, yeah, in four so, games, that's tough. Yeah, so you you got to find ways to get him to the rack. You got to find ways to let him exploit, you know, their scheme as well. So I, I hope that's tomorrow. I would like for it to be tomorrow so that way game six cannot be like the Spencer saves this game because I don't want to be in the stressful situation of playing a game six down 3-2, obviously. But right. You never know. We'll see what happens there. You know, uh, Reggie has been great. Uh, yeah. Continually just finding ways to, to really hurt Chris Paul. I think he's been very effective on CP3 uh, mm-hmm. throughout this series. 
not as effective on Booker. I think Doe has had more success on that. Yeah. Um, but he's been really effective on Chris. Yeah. And I mean, he was the reason for like going back to game three, he was a reason for, you know, probably ha- at least half the turnovers. I guess you can't really half seven, but you know, sure. what I mean? for yeah. a good portion of the turnovers that he was, uh, Chris Paul was committing, like uh, he's been doing well uh, and you know, Chris Paul is going to get his it as long. All we need to ask Reggie to do is just limit it and limit his like Chris Paul's vision too. Cause Chris Paul has some of the best vision like out there he's so experienced both just as a player but specifically in the playoffs he knows what to do so like if reggie can limit that it helps us greatly mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say though you notice like kleba's been getting way more minutes than powell this season their series yeah um i i kleba's just been better offensively just because he's got that three-point threat dwight powell you know he makes him occasionally but like he he's not typically the guy you want shooting the three, but um, he's just also defensively, he's been more effective on a uh, DeAndre Aiden, which yeah, kind of surprises me. Like, I, like I just figured that um, Powell would be a little bit more effective against Aiden than a uh, Kleba would be, but yeah, I wanted to, that leads to my next point. I'm glad you brought that up. If I'm Monty Williams, I got to find ways to feed Aiden and like mm-hmm. feed him. Like, they've kind of gone away from that from game one. It's not like he's Rudy Gobert, like, incompetent in offense. Like, Aiden's got a bag, especially in the mid-range, in the post. Like, yeah. he's got a nice little fadeaway jumper. He's I had good on both shots. I knew Aiden was a good shooter. Or, not a good shooter, but, like, good offensively, just as a big man. I didn't realize he had that mid-range game. Oh. Yeah. He's pretty sick, not going to yeah. lie. And they're not using him as well as I thought they would. I mean, I say mm. that. He had 14 points yesterday, so it's not like he's... Go bear levels where he's only dropping six points. It was really game one where I really, yeah. really noticed it. Yeah, he, he had 25 in game one. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, like, it, they, they, like you said, they've been going away from him. And I think also that has been credit to us. I think our game plan has kind of taken him out a little bit. Uh, like I was saying, Max, he's been playing a little bit better than Dwight Powell on him. So it's just been good for us. Yeah, absolutely. Like part of that, part of us going small is to exploit um, him and to Mm -hmm. make him less effective. Obviously he's still going to get all the rebounds in the world and whatnot, but that's fine. That's been a big surprise for me of like Monty just kind of going away from that. And if I'm him, I would find ways to feed him tremendously tomorrow night Um, because that's going to force us to, you know, and he's not a bad passer either. So it's going to force, us to switch some of our scheme a little bit. And that's ideally for them going to open up more shots for Cam Johnson in the corner on the wing where he loves to shoot those threes. It's going to open up more shots for Booker. It's going to open up those driving lanes for them. So I would expect that to change. I hope it doesn't change. I hope that Monty doesn't do that. And he's just like, all right, whatever. We're just going to keep the same thing. But yeah. he's, he's smart. I, I think he's very aware of that. I would hope he is. And if I'm a Suns fan, not if I'm a Mavs fan, obviously, but I think he knows that he needs to adjust to that, having seen two games of us with a better defensive effort. Yeah, and and since game one, you know who's been really not as effective is one of the, I I don't want to say role players, like just one of the guys that comes off the Suns bench is JaVale McGee. Game one, he kind of 
I don't want to say murdered us, but he, he played great as a bench player for them. And it made me think like, I was like, man, I would love to have JaVale McGee on the Mavs. I, I kind of been saying that. I think he's a solid player. Uh, I don't know if he would start for us, but he might. But point is, like, since game one, we've kind of taken him out of the equation. He's been he's kind of been a little reckless, a little bit of a loose cannon with some of his offensive fouls and stuff. Like, we forced them to even – and then game two, even though we lost, we got him into foul trouble fairly quick, and they went to their – Third string guy, uh, I can't remember his Biombo. name. Biombo. Biombo, yeah. And it's tough because he actually played good against us. But, like, I mean, he's not going to always play good against us. Like, if we can keep McGee at bay while also keeping Aiden at, game, at, at bay, excuse me, like, it, it's it's great for us. Yeah. I, and part of that, too, is Luca exploiting them when they're on the floor. Mm-hmm. I wish he was a little better at it because I think that he could just take – Biombo out and yeah. uh you know do a step back three or ideally just take him to the rack because I don't think Biombo can really keep up with him like that. Right. If, if Luca like can draw young. him out, yeah, yeah. If Luca can just draw him out, he can and that's that's one thing that Spencer is typically really good at. He's really he can even do I've seen him do it against Aiden. Aiden's a little quicker than Javel and Biombo, but like he's really good at drawing them out and then trying to drive to the rim. Now the Suns crash a little bit, but I mean Ideally, Spencer can do that and get some buckets, and hopefully next game he's able to like capitalize on that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think the the key for tomorrow going into back to the valley is we have all the momentum. We gotta channel that. We gotta you know lean into that. Gotta make sure Brunson gets his touches like he did the last couple of games. Got to have the same defensive intensity. I think you even have to play with a little more defensive intensity because let's be real. I don't expect the shots that we had falling yesterday to happen again tomorrow. Right. Um, obviously, ideally, that would be great so that we could have a better shot of winning. But I just don't, especially on the road. I don't expect right. Dorian to hit eight threes tomorrow. I don't expect <laughs> uh, Maxi to have eight threes like he did in game two against Utah. So Unfortunately, yeah. So it's uh, A lot of it is how we defend tomorrow. A lot of it is how we gang rebound about how we try to limit CP3. How do we, we try to limit And Booker. CP3 is going to come at our next tomorrow, especially with what happened at the end of the game yeah. yesterday. Or, yeah. 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 And, Which let, let's talk about that super quickly. Ban the fan. Yep. He's an idiot. Never let him go to Never let him at go least in. another Mavs game, if not another NBA game yep. in his entire life. Like, what are we doing? Like, especially the audacity to do that on Mother's Day. The audacity yeah. to be it, like, let me put hands on this woman who I don't know. Let me put hands on this person's family all over like, a freaking basketball game. What are we you doing, You shouldn't guys? do that in general to anybody, no, really. No. But, like, especially, like, doing it against... CP3, like, dude, come on. It makes all MFFLs, like, look bad. And it's just I know uncalled for. I hope Cuban takes care of that situation. And, like, I honestly, it would be nice if, like, maybe a Mavs player reached out to Chris Paul or even Cuban or the organization. They're, they just issued an apology and let them know, like, you know, that they're banned. Because CP3 was obviously very heated about that. Saying, yeah. I think he tweeted was like, you know, they'll find us for talking to the fans or something, but they can lay hands on my family or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the bit about his kids feeling unsafe really, really bothered me the, yeah. like a lot. 
not the most obviously because obviously it's all bad but that really got at me of like yeah you can't make a person's kids feel unsafe especially when you're trying to create a family-friendly environment in an NBA exactly so um i know we don't like cp3 as a basketball player i know we don't like his antics on the court but you got to respect the man that he is off the court he's been an incredible ambassador for the nba with the players association with hbcus with uh, social justice, racial justice, all that. He's stuff. a great person. Off he the really court. is, and, and he and you got also just on the court. You got to respect his game. He's kind of he's yeah. a eventual hall of fame, hall of fame player, yeah. at least in my eyes. Like yeah, and I think in most people's. Like, yeah, I he, I hate saying that, but I agree. <laughs> he deserves better treatment than that. Yeah. Than what yeah, he yeah. Got. yeah. You you can't do that in general. You can't do that in an NBA game, and you really can't do that on Mother's Day. Like that's just Ex- in, yeah. insanity. So. Um, just to make that make sure we're all clear on that. Back yeah. to the basketball. Uh, <laughs> he is going to come at our next um, tomorrow. Um, they pl- obviously play way better at home, right? Um, I think, they didn't even lose ten games at home. I don't think. Right. I think you have to you have to channel channel the way the Bucks played Game Five of the Finals last year because they had to go back to Phoenix. It was a very similar situation. They went down 0-2. They won two straight at home. They went back to game five um, in Phoenix and they just scrapped, 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 found a way there at the end, really played with good intensity. They got it. The Mavs have to do that tomorrow to have a chance. Luca obviously mm-hmm. has to play well. Obviously, everybody has to make their shots. And, and Luca has to not like overreact. He's got to. The biggest thing, I think, and you saw it especially in, uh, I think it was game two, he cannot react to the fans. Yep. Yes. If he if he makes a bucket or whatever, he can kind of do his thing where he looks off into the crowd or something, you know, yep. try to give us a little bit of momentum, get the bench a little hype and stuff, quiet down the crowd. But, like, crowds talking smack to you, you cannot, like, you can't respond in an angry way. You can't let them get in your head like they did. Yeah, it, it, it. I think it's like it showed, and I hate to say it, it showed a little bit of immaturity in him, which he's better than that. He he knows he he's one of the best players in the NBA right now. Like a, a in my opinion, top five, but like you yeah, know, at least absolutely. a top ten. So like he he's better than that, and he's got to just stay focused on what's important in this game. Yep, one hundred percent agree with all of that. He cannot let the fans get in his head. He mm-hmm. cannot get in his own head tomorrow night or else it's just going to be a nightmare. Right. So all that to say, that's how we win tomorrow. I don't want to make predictions because I don't want to, you know, impose <sighs> uh, any good or bad will on my team. I'm just going to let it play out. But yeah, that's the key for me tomorrow is being able to scrap and claw because that that's what really stuck out about uh, that game. Uh, the Bucks Suns game last year in the finals was how the Bucks won that game, how they brought it down to the wire, made some clutch defensive plays at the end, and were able to pull it out. And then that eventually gave them the confidence to be able to finish it out at home, you know? Yeah. And the Mavs have to channel that tomorrow. They have to do that in order to win. Because I don't think that... I don't think that we win this series if we lose tomorrow. Um, I don't say that we... Well... Let me backtrack. It's it's going to be really hard to win two games. Really hard row, to win two games in like, a row again. 
Especially and also the fact that it wouldn't be both at home. Correct. So obviously it's a, a pivotal game. It's a must win, whatever. But it's so much harder for this specific Mavs team with how the contrasting styles of how we play on the road and at home and how the role players play and all that. Right. It's a big game tomorrow. So, I mean, everybody I hope, has to step up. Yep. I hope we win. I, I, I think we have a good shot now that we figured some stuff out. And we, like mm-hmm. I said, we have the momentum from the last two games and they're flustered. They're clearly flustered. Yeah. Um, but I also think that them being at home, Phoenix being at home changes that a lot and they're yeah. able to get their swagger back. Um, Mikhail Bridges also needs to make a lot of threes. He's only. Yeah been eh, on offense um gotta find ways to get him some more shots if not yeah. phoenix because yeah. he's a good shooter he's a very good shooter especially from the corner so and honestly at this point also if you're phoenix feed jay crowder i hate him but he's been hooping he shot like under 30 percent in the Pelly series and since then he's been killing it like i don't know how did he do last night so last night was probably his worst game he went two of seven from three but like besides that he's been kind of killing us and it's yeah. been really pissing me off yeah his floaters <laughs> have been really great um, yeah being able to to ball fake drive to the hole take a couple steps shoot a little floater call it a day because he's pretty good at that for some reason yeah so. yeah anywho you got to fluster them i think you have to to continue to make them uncomfortable, continue right. to exhort that pressure on them in order to have a chance. But it's just so much harder to do that in Phoenix because they have a, a pretty decent home court advantage. So uh, we'll see. But yeah. it's good that it's not a sweep or a gentleman sweep, to be fair, because that's yeah. what it surely looked like uh, last Wednesday night. So yeah. we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. Um, let's uh, let's wrap up by talking MVP. Um so it's not official yet, like officially official by the league, but it's pretty clear that Jokic is going to win based off the reporting from Woj today. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I I mean, I get it. He, if he wasn't on that Nuggets team, they wouldn't have even made the playoffs. Like he was the sole carry throughout the entire year. Um, averaged better numbers than he did last year when he won MVP, which is kind of, insane when you i guess define most valuable player to a team he was the most valuable player so i get it a lot of people think Embiid got robbed and stuff i'm not mad that joker won it over Embiid, but i could see the argument for sure but then i mean i've seen graphics because a big reason why people were saying Embiid should win it was because of like how many points he was averaging i think he throughout the season he over he averaged over 30 right like 31.9 or something like that yeah something like that but i i saw a graphic like a week ago or something it was like most top scorers averages in the league minus free throws and it was like 10 of them 10 people uh luca was up there by the way uh Jokic was up there i think steph was um and bead was nowhere to be found now one could say that's because he's really good at going to the rim and getting fouled, but it's like you got your points elsewhere than just free throws, buddy. You know, but um, overall, I'm not upset about it. Yeah, like it's just like, eh, you know. Yeah, I I understand that perspective. I think that if Embiid was going to win, it was going to be this year. I, I think his window of winning MVPs is not as long as Jokic's is. Yeah. Um, and so I thought for that sake, 
it should have happened for him. But I mean, I I thought it was going to be Jokic the whole way. I think, especially towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm. I mean, I'm. Ha- I guess I'm. I don't know. I'm not like happy or like mad about it. It's just like okay, it happened. I was my prediction was right. Whatever. I would have been totally fine if Embiid won it. I would have been totally fine if Giannis won it. I would have been totally fine if Luca won it. Those were the four guys that I was pretty comfortable saying like, yeah, they, they should win MVP. Like they're worthy candidates for sure. Yeah. So, you know, good for him. I, I don't think, obviously, he's not going to win it next year. The, there hasn't been a, a three-time in a row MVP winner. Yeah. If ever. I don't think if ever and probably not in a long time. So I don't expect, and because of how the media narratives and the bias and voter fatigue, how those are all real right. factors, I don't and, expect M- or Jokic to win it next and, year. And if Embiid has a good ne- year next year, then that's probably his to, to lose. And then like also with Jokic, like, he he's gonna get the rest of his team back too so like obviously he's still gonna be probably arguably the best player on that team but he's gonna have murray back he's gonna have michael porter back like i mean you know he's not gonna have to you're not gonna have to rely on Jokic as much so i think his mvp status he could still probably be in contention yeah i could see that but unless he has for some reason the most insane year i don't see it yeah i agree if he is able to do that, all the stuff that he did this year with those two guys back, then that's just like crazy. But I just, and if that happened, they would probably be like a top one or two seed. They would, yeah, they'd probably be the two seed, to be honest yeah. with you, because they they have so much talent with those guys there. Um, yeah. And obviously, when you don't have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter there, that's a big talent drop off. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that, like I said, if Embiid has a very similar year than he did this year, he wins the next year. Um, Obviously, I would like for Luca Doncic to win the award sometime soon. Oh yeah, he's also, going to. But Luca has a longer year. window, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, bros, he's going to have twenty-three. Yeah, exactly. So. so, not mad about it. Not like thrilled. Um, I'm just like, meh, it happened. You know, like yeah. I was right, but like, moving on. Yeah, moving on. You know, so I care. I care way more about how they do all NBA to me. So. Yeah. Um, and how they figure that out. So. All the other award winners too have been not surprises at all, so I, I I don't feel the need to. I I honestly was surprised about. I I was surprised, but it makes so much sense. I didn't even think about Jaw being most improved because okay. like yeah. because he they were talking about him pot, like getting votes for MVP and stuff. But honestly, it, it I don't think there was anybody better to get most improved than him sure. personally. Sure, it makes yeah. a ton of sense. So yeah, I agree. That's, I think that's the only reward that whenever you did your last podcast, that was the only one that hadn't happened. I think mm-hmm. yeah. cause you had talked about six man and all that. So yep. 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 That's right. That's, that's how I feel. That's how you feel. Um, Oh wait, have they, they haven't done coach of the year, right? They haven't done coach of the year. And I don't think they've done rookie of the year either. So oh, okay. Well, no, they have done rookie of the year. Yeah. Scotty got it. I'm dumb. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. They haven't done coach of the year. So I guess that will happen soon. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know when do you, they'll do that. I mean, do you have like a super quick pick? Oh, Monty Williams. Okay. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. That that's fair. I, I'm on board with that. I could see Jason Kidd getting some consideration though. Yeah. So I, I think it's either Monty or Taylor Jenkins from Memphis. Yeah. I think it's those yeah. two pretty pretty easily. And pro and you could throw a lot of guys in there. Um, yeah. But I think it's there are a lot two. of great coaches this year, but yep. Yeah, that's how I feel. Disclaimer, before we recorded, 
the news broke that Monty Williams actually won the Coach of the Year award. I just didn't read it before we started. Anyway, uh, anything that you would like to discuss, NBA, non-NBA related at all before um, we wrap up? Non-NBA related, uh, slightly music related, which is kind of weird for me, but just real quick. Oh, how you, oh, how, oh, how you feel about Kendrick Lamar's dude, album? That's going to drop oh, soon. Oh, man. I am so excited. I'm so excited, bro. Dude, okay, so if you are just not keeping up with current events, uh, Kendrick Lamar's uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers album comes out this week. Finally. It's been it's a 15th, so right? long. Uh, yeah, this Friday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Something like that. Or the Our 13th. Thir- 13th. That yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Very boy, excited. Oh and last night he dropped uh, the heart part five, the video and the song. And oh boy, was it fantastic. The video, I don't, have you seen the video, Noah? I actually haven't. I didn't even, okay. I honestly didn't realize it. Go dropped. watch the video. It, it'll, okay. It'll I'll do that right mind. after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's so good. His wordplay is really great. He had a, I think the sample that he used in the song is a Marvin Gaye sample, which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, but the video is fantastic. I think the video makes the song, but not to say that the song's not bad at all. Like it's a very, very good song. Like the song is a nine and the video makes it a 10. Yeah. That kind of thing. Gotcha. The, the song is like a 9.8 and the, the video makes it like a. Gotcha. 12, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I'm so, so, so excited about that album and. It's his last album with Top Dog, so um, I'm interested to see because he's already showing like some differences from like the Top Dog era and like mm-hmm. kind of showing his like you know he's lived a lot of life since um, the Dang album came out uh, five yeah, years yeah. ago. So you know that that was a banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because really when did that drop? Our junior year of high that school. Was, or that was our senior, senior year. Senior year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been what five years? Five years, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I know. Freaking time. I know. You know, it's been a long time. So yeah, I'm very excited. I sounds like you are too. I mean, yeah, I know you're a big Kendrick fan. So yeah, um, it's gonna be good. One thing that I wanted to discuss super quick with you. I don't know if you saw this, and I know you're not as heavy into like pro soccer as you once used to be. But, and yeah, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. But I do want to mention the Erling Holling news that came out today. This will be talked about in EPL talk later this week. Hint, hint. But uh, <laughs> Holland signed with City. Oh my gosh! No way. Yeah. It's Did official. he really? Yeah. That's it, it's well. It's going to be official. But yeah, they're they're triggering his release clause. He signed wow. a deal a deal to towards uh yeah a deal until twenty twenty seven, and he's That's making big. like three hundred fifty thousand dollars a week. He's like the same. Uh, pay rate as Kevin I wish I made that every yeah. two years like, or every three years, honestly. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. I was so. making that a day. Oh, give me just a, yeah, or a week. Or, or a week. Two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every pay period, whatever. Yeah. But but that that's big for Man City. I like you said, I haven't kept up with EPL near or just soccer in general since pretty much high school, just because I just haven't gotten up for the games. It, it's so early in the morning. Although now a lot of time I work at five thirty in the morning, so yeah. you would think I'd be able to. But right, neither here nor there. But um, yeah, that's 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 huge because he turned he, he started to turn into one of my just favorite players to watch. He he's kind of he's kind of like Olivia Giroud. Like uh, he's a big striker and he has insane foot scale. He he's a better Olivia Giroud, honestly. Oh, significantly better. Giroud's just old at this point, but yeah. like I, I love Giroud, but um, he he has that same kind of um, build as him, 
So like that's just my first thought comparison. But that that's exciting for Man City. I gotta text my brother who's you know, he he that's his yeah, team. Your City, brother so. is a big city guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I'm a Chelsea guy. Josh is a city guy. My dad is a um Liverpool guy. Yeah. Luke is kind of he used to be Everton, but he he was always just more into Bayern, Bayern, Munich. Bayern Munich. Yeah. So yeah, like he, he he just liked to watch the Premier League games. He didn't mm-hmm. necessarily have a team. So right, yeah. But that's exciting for them. I think that'll yeah. that'll I mean, give them a lot of offensive threat. Yeah, I mean that basically solidifies that they're going to win the Premier League for the next like seven years, and they're eventually not you, finally going to win the Champions League. Oh, you no, would they'll think they'll never win a champ. They'll never win a Champions League. Come on now, I, I, I hope they never win a Champions League. I despise that team with all of my heart. And now that they're probably going to win the Prem this year, even though I don't get how they have a better goal differential than Liverpool when literally their leading scorer has twelve goals. I don't get it, but uh, it's it's pretty frustrating. I also don't under, don't understand. And part of me is because I'm not very literate with a uh, soccer like financial like structure like internationally yeah. and european wise but i don't get how the news is breaking now when we're still in the middle of the season and i thought you couldn't and maybe this is just dumb on my part but i didn't know that you could trigger release clauses like you know this I, early but yeah i don't know how it works either i i don't like i mean there's a deadline like there is in every sport right but i i and maybe differs depending on the league too yeah. again i'm not well versed in it either so it is kind of weird that it's coming up at the end of the season and all but yeah yeah it's, it's not like still... the transfer window is happening soon like it's happening june 1st i think but yeah you know we still so have guess... three weekends of league play and we still have champions league final and fa cup to go so i don't get how it's happening but yeah. <sighs> It happened. So anyway, like I said, more insight to that with Clayton later this week on EPL Talk. But that's that's my instant reaction. I I knew it was coming, kind of, but I kind of refused to believe it until mm-hmm. I only follow certain reporters who I know are very like. Once they say something's happening, you know it's happening. Right. I'm a big Fabrizio Romano guy, <laughs> um, and he finally tweeted something out about it today, and I was like, crap. When he tweets something, you know it's over, and it's over now. So uh, kind of frustrating that he's there and because uh, I like him at Dortmund. And I also thought he was going to go to Madrid. I thought he would be the Benzema replacement, but maybe Benzema is going to be there till he's 55 knowing his play this year. So, I mean, yeah, he's played great in Champions League too. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's probably going to win Balloon the Or, which I think he should. Yeah. I, I think he deserves it, especially if they beat I don't Balloon. know who else would deserve it more than him. Right. Uh, and especially if they win. They already won the league in Spain. If they beat Liverpool in the Champions League final, which hint, hint, I hope they don't. But uh, <laughs> if they do, then I think that secures it for him. It but anyway, to, yeah. anyway, that's for that's for EPL talk. Yeah, I'll let you talk that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. Um, I, I know there's been kindness of M- NFL stuff, but not really since the draft yeah. happened and the draft was kind of bent anyway. All, we all I'll say is, uh, I'm, I'm nervous as a Cowboys fan. Our defense got worse overall. Yeah. We still got Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Like we still got some solid guys. We still have Dan Quinn there, but like our, our pass rush isn't going to be near as good this year. Yeah. The Eagles got. AJ Brown, 
I cannot believe that. Yeah. Um, so kind that'll sick, man. Not gonna it'll, lie, it'll be a little scary as a Cowboys fan. Giants got a little bit better, but thankfully they still have Danny Dimes, who is a uh, terrible. Um, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, this is fun. I hope our Mavs pull it out. We shall see. Um, but there will obviously be way more Mavs-related content until uh, the season's over. And even after the season's over, because there's got to be like a, all right, what are we doing in the off-season episode? Right. That will happen. Oh, that's uh, a good episode. Sort. Yeah. That's a really good episode. Right, right. Yeah. So anyway, that's for that's for the future. Uh, Noah, mm-hmm. thank you for being here. Um, yes, sir. You, are, you might be the most featured guest now. Now that I think of it, I don't know. It's Clayton. me or Josh probably, or, or maybe Clayton. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure, but you're up there now. You've you rocked up your appearances for sure. Hey, um, what can I say? Exactly. So, uh, thank favorite, you for listening, obviously. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Keep going. No, you're good. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody, um, to this episode of Dennis and Friends. If you like what you heard, let us know uh, in the. Apple, Spotify, Google review sections. Give us five stars. Uh, give us a nice little review. Let me know what you think. Follow the pod at Dennis and Friends Pod on Instagram. Email the pod, Dennis and Friends Pod at gmail.com if you have anything you want to say or have any ideas or whatnot. Um, you can follow my social media. It'll be in the show notes. You can follow Noah's social media. It'll be in the show notes as well. And uh, come back later this week. We have EPL talk coming. We have more stars. Um, talk with Garrett. Uh, I think we're recording that tomorrow or later this week. Anyway, I'm going to game four tonight, actually. Uh, fun yes, fact. Sir. So I'm very excited about that. My first playoff hockey game, which I'm very um, Sounds fun. pumped about. Yes, 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 yes. So we had those two episodes for sure this week, and there may be one more that is not sports related at all, but we'll see if we'll get to that because you also, busy, like, busy man. I know. Like I said, I got to get these all in before I. Uh, Enjoy my week of vacation next week, so it'll be fun. So, all that to say, thank you for being here. Um, as always, be good and do good, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.